Hello, welcome to Fidel's and Carolina's Conspiracy Theory uh, Theories, Episode 7. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, the Watergate uh, scandal. And we're also going to be talking about the pyramids. And uh, with the pyramids, we're not going to be talking about uh, aliens involved. We're going to talk about a numerous conspiracy theories involving how the pyramids were built and what they were used for. Uh, so we're going to be starting off with the Watergate scandal. Um, for all similarities pre- uh, between President Donald Trump and uh, Russian Gate scandal, or as I prefer to call it, Onion Dome and Watergate, the special counsel is the congressional hearings, the talk of obstruction of justice and secret tapes. There's one parallel that is getting less attention. In Watergate, as in uh, Onion Dome, defenders of the president plunged deep into conspiracy theory to explain a growing body of evidence pointing to serious White House uh, wrongdoing. Today, Trump surrogates deny Russian interface in the election and asserts that U.S. intelligence agencies uh, protensory called the deep state are hoping to overturn the election results through leaks and fake news and through it largely has been forgotten some nixon accolades during the after uh, watergate pushed a very similar claim that the cia the pentagon or other entrenched government interests secretly conspired to out Nixon for the, their own reasons. Even as the media trumping a phone, uh, phony narrative about the president's guilt, tracing the history of those Watergate uh, era claims, their oranges as organs as a diversionary cover story. Their intrinsics appeal to lawyers who were in denial about the scandal's gravity, their afterlife among radical skeptics on the identical fringes of public debate may help Illuminati similar thinking of those determined today to see Onion Dome as a plot by Trump's enemy to maintain the status quo. The claims that Nixon was done in by the CIA or other vested interests began soon after hiring of his re-election team. The community, community to re-elect the president later nicknamed Creep were arrested breaking into the Watergate building on June 17, 1972. With the full scoop of Nixon's involvement in Watergate still unknown by the public, speculation about break-in ran wild as information streamed out from the 1973 Senate investigations, the trials of the burglars, the reporting of Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, the Washington Post and other journalists keeping track of all of it became a uh, B. Wilderling in November 1973, Edward J. Epstein and John Brendent laid out in Esquire 43 theories of what happened among Nixon's defenders. The most popular theories which figured the CIA as having mastermind the break-in began with unlikely source Richard Nixon himself. At first, the notion of CIA involvement didn't seem ridiculous. Watergate, Watergate burglars Howard Hunt, a White House employee, and James McCord had worked for the agency in the past and after retiring Hunt joined the Robert Mullen Co. and public relations firm with CIA ties. The Cuban operatives whom Hunt hired had also done CIA work, notably during the 1961 Bay of Pigs invasion when early news reports linked the burglars to the CIA. New York Times reporter Tad Scully 
chased the false lead, setting back the times in its competition with the post. Nixon, when deliberately used the CIA links to invent a cover story and a cover-up, I think that we could develop a theory as to the CIA if we wanted to. His close aide, Chuck Colson, one of the key Watergate plotters, told the president on June 21st, noting Hunt's past CIA ties. Nixon liked the idea. Adding the involvement of the Cubans was a plus that made the story more believable. Colson lied to the FBI agents who interviewed him the next day, saying that the break-in was a CIA thing and then reported back to the White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman that he expected that the CIA turned off, turn off will play. In a decision that would cost him his presidency, recorded by the fateful smoking gun tape, Nixon green-lighted the CIA misdirection. He approved a scheme to have the CIA uh, quish the FBI's Watergate inquiry by falsely warning the Bureau that a probe would compromise national security. As Haldeman told the President Attorney General, John Mitchell came up with the idea yesterday to have Deputy CIA Director Vernon Walters call Acting FBI Director Pat Gray and just say, stay the hell out of this. This is uh, business here. We don't want to go out any further on it. Nixon agreed to it, telling Haldeman to call Walters, who in turn told Gray to back off. Walters, however, learned from CIA colleagues that his agency wasn't actually involved and reversed himself. Gray went back to Nixon for clarity on what to do. At that point, the president backed down an effort conceding that the tale of Watergate as a CIA operation was bogus. Still, in setting the cover-up in motion, he had obstructed justice. He also continued to use the cover story in protesting his innocence in a speech on in May 1973. Nixon repeated the claim, McCord, whom the White House was sec- secretly paying the keep to keep silent, was also urged to blame the CIA during his trial, but eventually he confessed to John Sirica, the presiding judge, that it was a White House ploy. At one point, the notion of the CIA orchestrating Watergate captured the the fantasy of Tennessee Sen, Howard Baker, ranking Republican on the Senate Watergate Committee and a White House water carrier. Baker and Fred Thompson, his prestige, and the committee's minority counsel included an appendix to the final Senate committee report on June 1974. Um, the speculated Albert and continuously above about the CIA's role. Uh, from the sidelines, uh, Borka extensions of the theory grew. It was widely held tenant among Nixon defendants that Democrats and liberal journalists were hyping Watergate, which they thought was a rogue operation and an unconstitutional uh, crime to weaken the president. On the right, the inquiry was originally called Metarockily a coup, but some on the right went further, allegedly a little coup engineered by the CIA or in other versions, the Pentagon. In the National Review, CIA officers Miles Copeland spun out a narrative in which McCord still loyal to the agency despite having moved to Nixon's re-electing campaign, took Hunt and literally in Liddy into trap, putting the White House clowns out of business. Other points that the Hunt was a double agent. 
Justice Today, some far-left elements as well as some of the right see the Russia scandal as a tempest and a some more. A strand game by intelligence officials to out the undetermined Trump. So in 1973, there were left-wing conspiracy theorists who caught into coups uh, scenarios in July. National Secret- uh, Secretary uh, Advisor Henry Kissinger recounted to Norman Mailer, already a Kennedy assassination uh, um, obsessive, wants to write that it's all a CIA, a CIA conspiracy against you. Uh, Kissinger told the president because you were pursuing detent de- de- uh, Kissinger. Uh, Nixon and White House Chief of Staff Alexander Haig laughed at the thought that that's a little weird, Haig said. Others try to evaluate the importance of, of, of the so-called more Radford affair. Another Nixon administration scandal broken by Woodward and Bernstein in early 1974 in which chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff Thomas More, suspicious of Nixon and Kissinger's um, Secretary of Foreign Policy, using Navy uh, Lassane to flitch documents from the National Security Advisory. And these accounts, which oddly could never quite explain away the White House involvement in the Watergate break-in. Was the military brass trying to bring the president down? Needless to say, none of this noted Nixon's future writers, right, uh, right Price, who flirted with the uh, with these theories. If true, accuses the White House of the committee to re-elect the president, the break-ins and the buggings, and take place at one level or another. They were approved by our people. Evidence of Nixon's complicity in Watergate preserved on the White House tapes soon forced his recognition and most put an end to claims of a coup within. In later years, through books began appearing, um, reviving the notion of Nixon as the victims of hidden powers. In 1984, Jim Hogan, a writer of Harper's, published Secret Agenda, Watergate, Deep Throw of the CIA and the CIA, which argued what the Watergate intruders were really after information related to the idea of Maxie Wells, a young Demo- uh, Democratic National Committee secretary whose phone ledger was used to arrange assassinations of part of the CIA-run call Girl Ring McCord and Hewins telling uh, Sabagay the break in the Protect Agency for w- which she was secretly still working was close to in her inherent. Few historians took it seriously and came out with quickly. Um, seven years later, a similar account, Silent Coop, by Len Cullendy and Robert Gitlin, built on Hugan's claims about a prostitution ring, confusingly tying it to the Moore Radford affair and presiding Pentagon rather than CIA complicity in Nixon's downfall. Despite multiple debunkings, that book enjoyed a surprise run on the bestseller list, but former White House counsel John Dean whose wife, Maureen, the authors had al- alleged to be a part of the escort service, sued and won a cash settlement from the publisher, and in later in later printings, Gitlin removed his name as a co-author. Codley kept, it, kept at it, though, at one point connecting a Fox con- controversy about a published edition of the Nixon tape transcripts that landed him an article in the New York Times. Improperly so, according to its public editor. Today, deep state conspiracy theories about Watergate live on, thanks to assorted oddballs and extremists. 
One of them, perhaps unsurprisingly, in Nixon operative turned Trump operative Roger Stone, who wrote his own book several years ago saying the CIA tried to kill Nixon. Whether in Watergate or Onion Dome, there's a pattern to deep state conspiracy theories. They begin understandably, though not honorably, when the people under suspicion seek to deflect attention from their own role, however great or small, in alleged wrongdoing. They're believed or at least repeated by loyal surrogates, surrogates and sympathetic parishions. Then, perhaps more disturbingly, they find favor from those of a particular case cast of mind. On the left or the right, people so galled, perhaps by the swollen powers of the government, business, or other civil institutions that they judge those powers to be compatible of almost anything, and perhaps of concealing almost anything too. In these accounts, what changes when presidents or parties gain or lose power in merely cosmetic, there is only the consistency of the power elite, the news media, the school system, historians, or all uh, false narratives and lies. Devotees of this way of thinking believe not simply that there are conspiracy, conspiracies in history, which of course there are from time to time. They believe rather than the ultimate conspiracy in history itself. So then we're going to be talking about the the conspiracy theories of uh, the pyramid. So one of them, we're going to be starting off with the pyramids were built to store grain. I know that sounds crazy, but there's actually a pretty crazy amount of, of why they think that. Uh, medieval Europeans believed the pyramids were grainies described in Old Testament. Egypt Pharaoh was distru- uh, disturbed by dreams in which seven uh, lean cows devoured seven fat cows. Uh, seven withered ears of grain consumed even healthy ones. Joseph and separated the dreams to mean that there would be seven years of uh, absence in Egypt followed by seven years of famine. He advised Pharaoh to begin storing surplus grain. The description of the pyramids as Joseph's granaries uh, sketch, uh, stretches as far back as the 16th century when they were identified as such by Gregory of Tours and History of the Franks. The theory was further popularized by works such as the Book of John medieval a hugely popular 14th century travelogue that at one point notes i will speak about something else that is beyond balin across the nile river uh, towards desert between africa and egypt these are joseph granaries which he had made to store the wheat for hard times they are made of well headstone two of the men are amazingly large and tall and the others are not so big and each granary has an entrance for going inside a little above the ground for the land has been uh, ragged and in ruin since the granaries were built. Inside they are completely full of snakes and outside of these granaries are uh, many writings in different languages. Some say that uh, they are tombs of great lords of antiquity, but that is not true. If they were tombs, they would not be empty inside, nor would they have interests for going inside, nor are tombs even uh, ever made of such a large size and such a height which is why it's not believed that they are tombs. A deception of the European, uh, Egyptian uh, pyramids as Joseph Grainers appears in the 12th century uh, mosaic of one of the domes of St. Mark's uh, Basilica in Venice. 
Noah built the Great Pyramid. That's another theory. In 1859, a British publisher named John Taylor published his own book, uh, The Great Pyramid, why it was built and who it built it. Taylor had never seen the Pyramid of Giza, but after studying its measurements, which had been complied by Oxford, Astronomer John Greaves and the French engineers who have uh, combined Napoleon during his Egyptian in Egypt, he concluded that the massive structure was a respiratory for the divine system of all mathematical truths. Uh, Taylor's elaborate uh, calculations included the observation that if you divide the pyramid height into twice the side of its base, you end up with a close uh, approximation of pi. And he argued that the structure was built using a unit measurement he called the pyramid inch, which was 25th of the squared cubit and nearly identical to the British inch. Um, Taylor cited uh, uh, this as proof that the modern system of measurement was divine inspired. Taylor believed that Noah, not the Egyptians, were a true architect who built the ark was with all men the most component to direct the building of the Great Pyramid. Uh, the argument was not very convincing to the American Mythological Society, which noted its annual proceedings. Um, so, another one was the Great Pyramids foretells the date of the apocalypse. Um, inspired by John Taylor's writings, Charles Hazaz Meath, <laughs> the astronomer. Oh my god. Royal for Scotland undertook his own studies. He concluded that there were even greater divine truths encoded within the Great Pyramid than Taylor had realized. Smith's six, six, 664-page book, Our Inheritance in the Great Pyramid, published in 1864, revealed that the public biblical prophecies had been embedded in the architecture. When the pass, passageways are measured in pyramid inches, he argued, one could find a complete chronology of the earth's history both past and future um smith claimed for instance that the beginning of a sloping passage called the grand gallery marked the birth of christ and 33 inches later the crucifixion the number 33 corresponding to the year of christ's death depending upon how one measured the complete length of the grand gallery it terminated at a point between 1080 881 and 1,911 pyramid inches. Smith interpreted this to be the period of great tribulation preceding the second coming of Christ. Smith's calculations contributed to the belief among some Christians that the apocalypse would come in 1881. The idea was satirized in a in a January 5th, 1881 column published in the New York Times. Um, the distinguished astronomer, as everyone knows, has long since proved to his own, satisfa own satisfaction that the pyramid is a neat and handy compendium of history and prophecy in the Great Gallery of the Pyramid, which, according to this theory, represents the Christian dispension there are precisely 1,881 notches, hence if the pyramid is trustworthy and really knows its business. We have arrived at the last year of the earth. There are a vast number of people who believe in this remarkable theory of the pyramid, and they are one and all perfectly sure that the pyramid cannot tell a lie and that the private judgment of Piazzi Smith when interpreting... <laughs> interpreting... <laughs> 
<laughs> the pyramid is infallible. Uh, so I think that's all for uh, today. Um, we're going to be talking about other conspiracies on episode 8. I believe that's our last one. So everybody have a good day. And see you. Later. Till, see, see you later.